So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, everybody on Facebook, happy February 24th, 10 days from Valentine's. It's This Week in Housing. I've got myself and David, and there is a lot to talk about. Um, we were talking offline before we got started here around really what's happening in the market if you're really paying attention, and I know you are. There is a lot of uncertainty right now. There is uncertainty around interest rates. There's uncertainty around policy. Now, remember, policy until it's locked in is just a conversation. So uh, it goes without saying. There's a lot of uncertainty there, right? What's going to happen with 1031 exchanges? What's going to happen with first-time buyers? Who's going to get credits? Who's not going to get credits? Remember, all of this are just those, David says it all the time, headlines that do more to terrify than to clarify. But we will get into a little of that today. We're also going to talk about um, what we're calling the roller coaster of March until May. So as we sit here right now, I want you to think about this before I bring David in. We are... Uh, this Saturday, it'll be basically, call it 343 days since the lockdown. Think about that, 343 days since the lockdown. Now, all of us that are, that are watching right now, whether you're with me live or you're watching this in the future, uh, you know, we all remember the uncertainty that that created. We also remember what happened, unless you were in Pennsylvania, New York City, and a few other states, what happened March, nothing, the whole world fell apart, right? Everything stopped, but then in April, May, June, July, the numbers went bonkers. What do we know? The year-over-year -year numbers are not going to be the same. In many cases, and David just, David's going to speak to this, the numbers will probably go down, which means the headlines will start reading things like, real estate sales are down because they're doing a year-over-year -year comparison. If you did that from May to May, what, what do you expect would happen, my friends? All this says to me and to you is that now more than ever, we need to be the knowledge broker. We need to be the knowledge broker. We need to be the one that is bringing certainty to the marketplace, taking the terrifying headlines and clarifying what they actually mean. What is the difference between proposed policy and actual policy? What is the comparison of interest rates, which we're going to show you today? And what's really going on? So there's no one better to do this. My, my partner in crime, David, good morning. How are you doing, my friend? We're good. Good morning. Uh, glad to be back. And uh, you, you mentioned that, that we're two weeks away almost from the, the lockdown, the start of everything we know now is coronavirus. I don't think any of us would have sat on the front end of that, you know, Tom, that it would have gone down like this. And, you know, there's some things like that. I think in life, we're probably better off. Can you imagine if, if right. you know, what, what people would have responded uh, to if, if we would have known everything? Sure. Uh, but uh, but glad to be back. Glad to talk about this. And you're, and you're right. And, and here's what I would underscore and what we're going to talk about today. In, in those times of uncertainty, people follow the certain. And, right. and really today, let's talk about what we know, uh, you know, that, that is certain. 
Hey, so so really quick, I'm just looking to see. I see uh, Janelle Ralston, who's down the street right here in the great state of Texas. I see Adam Foster from Adina, who I just spoke with yesterday. Great company, kicking ass this year. I see uh, Tammy Harmon in the house, not telling me where she's from, but just saying good morning. So really fast for all my friends out there watching. Um, you know, David and I were talking about the the success of this show on on because we see it showing up in what you're posting, in the social comments you're making, in the emails that you're sending. Yes, we get a lot of people that watch it. Yes, there's a lot of numbers associated to it. All that's great, but the success of this show is getting agents out there saying and doing the right things to be the voice of reason in the market. It would mean the world to me if you would tag two or three friends that need to see this or you would share this because look, at the end of the day, the more people that see this, the more people understand what's really going on and they're going to make better decisions to make better decisions to buy and sell, to save more money, to do all the things to, to not freak out. So we got a lot of stuff to cover today, but I'm asking you share it with a friend, tag a few buddies and uh, buckle up. Cause we have some really good content to share with you. So David, let's talk about mortgage debt reaching $10 trillion. Why don't you take control of the slides and let's educate our friends out here. Yeah, it's a big number. $10 trillion um, came out. Uh, the Fed announced that uh, in the past week. You know, let's go back to what we talked about uh, last time we were together, two weeks ago. We talked a little bit about how's the market. Yep. You know, you remember, and I, I misspoke on something. I tried to go back through the comments. I said January and February of last year, meaning yeah. 2020, I think I said 2019, yeah. were two of the best months in real estate that we've seen in the last 10 years. Okay. And where do we sit today? Uh, you know, from a a metric standpoint, we're seeing more showings, we're seeing more pending deals, we're seeing more out, you know, mortgage applicant. We're ahead in our metrics uh, year over year from two of the best months, how we started 2020. Then we know we just talked about the, the coronavirus, the pandemic comes through and, you know, really is, is will be looked at as a historical event, right? We're going to be looking yes. back on this for, for tens of, uh, of years, hundreds of years for that um, as a historical event. And so, you know, where we sit today when we talked about, uh, in addition, uh, last uh, time we were together, not only how's the market, but this talk of bubble. I think some of that Fed right. talk kind of kind of flames the or feeds the flames yes. of those fires. So let's talk about that. And let's let's get you the information to be able to have that conversation as this topic comes up. So Fed released this mortgage balances. The largest component of household debt surpassed 10 trillion in the fourth quarter. That's a big number. Yep. Uh, increasing by 182 billion by uh, to 10.04 trillion at the end of December. So what they come out and say, consumer debt is almost at 15 trillion dollars. Mortgage debt makes up 10 of that, call it two thirds of that, yep. um, and and that's a big number. You know, mortgage balances have never been over 10 trillion dollars in this country. And you know, when people read that, uh, going back to what you said to start out with. You know the headline of that. That's 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 a shocking headline. Right now, as we look at this, I think we, you know homes are appreciating. We sold sold more homes last year. We talked about that. What did we expect would happen? But we yeah. have to be educated about this topic and be the knowledge broker because it's going to come up. And as we go on this roller coaster, talk of bubble, talk of debt, talk of you know what's going on is going to to be. One, things that buyers and sellers are looking at, it's going to be talked in the media uh, and, and we need to be educated. So what we want to look at as well in that same report by the Fed, 
is household debt service ratio for mortgages. Now, yep. as always, all these slides, you can go access them at tricacm forward slash Tom Ferry. I know somebody will put it in the comments there. You can go grab these and dig into these reports if you want to. But what's important here? Back at the housing crash, this number was 7.21%. And today it sits at a rate lower than going all the way back to the 80s, 3.85%. Why is that important? Because it gives you a picture across the country of leverage by the consumer specific to mortgage. Yeah. The way the Fed uh, develops this ratio is they take the total quarterly uh, required mortgage payments divided by disposable income across the country. And what we can see is consumers aren't as leveraged as they were back in the bubble. That again, gives us the, you know, the solution or the answer uh, in one respect to the bubble question. Not the only answer, but we can look at it and go, okay, we can understand mortgage debt in totality uh, for the consumer. And this gives us a real good answer. But, you know, the other thing that's starting to come up and people are talking about is, well, Okay, homes are appreciating, people are refinancing, they're taking some of that money out. We've got an updated look for you at cash out refis. Okay. But before uh, you do, David, David, before Go you do, I got to bring this up. So you got 138 million homes in America. Yep. And you know, you and I have, have been a little troubled by the fact that depending upon which report you're reading, somewhere between 39 to 42.1% right. of all homes have no debt, right. like zero mortgage. So that's mm -hmm. a huge number on 138 million properties. So when I look at this $10 million or $10 trillion, it's almost a hard number to even say. Sure. I think we need to unpack that. I think the, the average person listening right now needs to say, okay, if there's $10 trillion in debt and 42% or 39% of homes have, have zero mortgage, right. what does that mean? Well, sure. my first response was, I mean, I want to see from the comments, what does that mean to you? Yeah. What does it mean if you have, if you have, $10 trillion in mortgage debt on 138 million homes. And you got 39 to 42% that have zero mortgage. What does that mean? If that's a historically high number, wouldn't that mean home price appreciation has gone through the roof? Because David, don't we also have the data on you? When you look at $10 trillion, how much equity there is in all of these Absolutely. houses also, mm -hmm. this is one, this is just another one of those examples where when the Fed puts this out, it's an important number. People should understand it, but they're going to go, oh my goodness. And you said it, it's going to be a bubble again. No, we've got more equity in properties today than we've ever had. Yeah. David, I mean, you, you tell me, I mean, I'm seeing people saying lots of equity. Yes, that's it. I'm listening, but speak to that kind of off the slides just for a second. You'd see all the, the comments coming in here. Yeah, we just in our research team, we just went through a series of reports on equity. And I believe I have these numbers. If I'm if I'm off by a percentage or two, 56.7% of homes in this country have at least 50% equity. I mean, strong, strong wow. numbers relative to equity across the country. We know those, you know, we 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 talked about this last week when we were or two weeks ago when we were together. Even the people in forbearance have strong equity. Um, yes. And that's what I was, uh, what I'll get into next is there is a, there is a stark difference today in how people are handling the equity in their homes and the debt, which, you know, if there's a debt to have mortgage is good debt, right? Um, it's, right. it's debt that allows you to leverage. It allows you to, to grow. And, and we know what that means. That means 
equity used to start a business, equity used to help you know, a family member go to college, equity used to, to improve uh, your life. And so I think there's a lot there that we want to remind people as they see that $10 trillion number. So before we go to the next slide, a big shout out to Anita from South Africa. Thanks for checking in with us today. Love it. Uh, hey, Anita, how's the market in South Africa? Talk to us. I want to see it in the comments. Zelda Kane asks, hey, how do we find this information for our local area? So David, yeah. insights for, uh, for Zelda and for everybody here uh, to pick apart the local data so they can mm -hmm. say, here's what's happening nationally. Here's what's happening locally. Zelda, sure. great question. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. One we get asked a lot. A lot of this information that we look at, now mortgage debt, I don't know if you're going to be able to find this locally. You could certainly ask your local board. You could yep. talk to your local uh, bankers association and see what they have. Yep. A lot of the other numbers are, you know, you can pull right out of the MLS, you know, when we're talking inventory and other things like that. Um, it, you know, people have asked forbearance numbers. How do I get those locally? To my knowledge right now, we don't have that locally. Uh, you know, you can certainly, again, I would direct you to your board, to your broker to say, hey, how do I find this out locally uh, and, and apply some of the same methodology to what, what you have going on in, in your- So David, I would also say to everybody, the harder it is to find the greater the opportunity for you to be the first in the market to present it. Great so point. even if you just Google- um, looking for real estate appreciation in city, looking for, uh, you know, loan to value on average in, you know, Sarasota, Florida, yeah. someone is pulling up this data locally. Somebody is writing an article about this, whether it's a blog or it's in a local you know, newspaper, be the first though to shoot a video about it. So be resourceful, use the mighty Google. Um, I got another uh, question that just was brought up. David, on the 138 million homes in America with between 39 and 42% of them having zero equity, um, do we have any optics on the 21 million investment properties, the non-owner occupied investment properties? Is, the one, is it just implied that the 138 million, you know, the 21, 21 million investment properties, the number is the same in terms of no mortgage versus equity and all that stuff? Is it implied? Yeah, yeah I think the the question in that there is is the the numbers that we've seen are on you know properties just in yeah. general so i think yes. you could you know make a, a an estimate that that would cover the same thing we do yeah. know too and i think more information is going to come out about this yep. is that the mom and pop investor which is the majority owner of investment properties in this country yeah. are, you know, getting squeezed a lot of times in just the current state of what's happening. I think you're going to see more and more information come out about that. I also want to go to another thing. I think as we go uh, down the road, there is going to start to become a discrepancy in which states right. are more heavily impacted. Think back to 2008, you know, yes. the areas that were, yeah. it was not all the same. So we're going to see more and more of that, which I think to your point, Tom's makes that more critical to be able to deliver the local information to of the clients you serve. Love it. So the one thing I'm going to, I just sitting here as we're doing this uh, live, uh, there is a company I invested in years ago called Remine, R-E-M-I-N-E, Remine.com. I think they cover about 89% of all the MLSs in the US. When you go into your MLS, if you, if you have access to Remine, so sorry for my friend, Anita from South Africa, you don't have it. Um, you actually can access in, in, Again, state by state, regulations will be different in terms of what information is available. Texas is different from, Arizona is different from New York, but there's a pretty good chance you can go in there and say, 
let me say this entire zip code, show me every house with no mortgage. And then yeah. they'll give you the mortgage uh, data inside of Remind. So I just forgot that. So you don't need to Google it. It's inside Remind. Yeah. And oh, by the way, for listings to look at that and say, do you know how much equity you have in your home today? Right. Huge piece right now. Yeah. Well, side note really fast while we're on that point, everyone wants another listing. So, so consider this. Um, part of the reason why I invested in that company years ago, not only was the guy one of the top real estate agents on the planet and then you know, switched basically to doing this full time. And now again, almost every MLS in the country has it. What I was really moved by in the original demo, David, is he actually said, here, let me give you an example of how you can attract listings using this. Let's take you know, this area of DC. Let's look at every home with no mortgage that's two stories oh, yeah. and the owner is 80 years or older. Yeah. He's like, those people are most likely to sell sometime in the next five to 10 years. And the fact that we could do that query, yep, look at, uh, yes, Milton just said I need to start using Remind. And again, I'm very open about it. I invested in this company because I saw it as a massive data right. play and a great listing tool. So just for you know full transparency. So yeah, check out Remind or any other data site. You, I don't care, just get the data. But David, let's go back because the question always is going to be that home equity cashed out, which was part of the problem of the 2005, six, seven run is everybody sucked all the equity out of, the, out of their houses, which really created a problem. Yeah. So I think we should go back to that slide and let's continue on with, uh, with our education here. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Yeah, let's let's talk through this real quick. This is that slide, and and if you've been following this week in housing, you know that we've uh, updated this. We had it uh, last year. We talked about it, um, but yeah, what stands out is the housing crash. Now, this is cash out refis by year at the height, two thousand six of you know the housing crash, three hundred twenty billion dollars uh, cashed out as cash out refis across this country. Where do we stand in twenty twenty? Uh, we only have the data for the first three quarters. As soon as I have quarter four, I'll bring that. But 103 billion right now, that number is going to go up. But I, I wouldn't anticipate it going over, let's say, 150, probably 130 or 140 billion uh, last, out, uh, last year in cash out refinances, you know, half or less uh, than what we saw back in the housing crash. And that's not factored for inflation and home price appreciation or anything like that. Why is this so important? Go back to the $10 trillion in the debt. Go yeah. back to what you said, Tom, and the number of homes that are owned free and clear. What do we know from this? People are handling their equity differently. Yes. We can't say that enough times. Yeah. We have to be just as powerful with that message as you know the Fed is with there's $10 trillion of mortgage debt in this country. Right. Both are equally true. Um, and so this gives us a picture into that yeah. equity situation. I think what's great is I would literally, if I'm watching this right now, my friends, I would, I would go old school Dave Robles, right? His longtime client of ours, who he would take his camera, he would set it up over here, he'd go live on Facebook, and he would go, okay, so this is what's going on. And of course, what everybody's concerned about is there must, we must be near a bubble with foreclosures. And then he would show him the next slide. 
Right, right. David, let's go right to the next slide because this, this, this slide, I would do five videos on if I was an agent watching this right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is the look at uh, at foreclosures. You'll remember this again if you've been following uh, this week in housing. The number of foreclosures by quarter going all the way back to 1999. We've highlighted there, yep. you know, the foreclosure crisis, the housing uh, crisis, and 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 crash, and, and even up to today, the average per quarter of foreclosures in this country is just over 200,000 per quarter. And we sit at an extremely low number. As of the fourth quarter, just over 14,000 uh, foreclosures took place. We know the moratorium on foreclosures has been pushed out. And I would expect the administration may push it out again. I'm not here to speculate on that. But I, I do think that's, a, that's a, probably a safe bet. But at any rate, at some point, these are going to come back, OK? And we certainly don't wish that on anyone that's been impacted by the, the pandemic. It's, a, it's something that happens in our business. We can help those people, you know, given the, uh, the equity position of many homes across the country, given the lack of supply and available listings across the country. But, but again, as we look at, uh, at, at everything going on from bubble to debt to how people are using equity to another headline of foreclosures are doubling, tripling, quadrupling, whatever the case may be, we need to be armed as the knowledge broker. And Tom, you and I were talking before, being armed with this, you're able to, you're able to have the answer and answer the question even before it's asked. Right. And I want to really, go back and David, I was just literally, I grabbed my phone and I don't want to get lost trying to find it, but you guys published a slide uh, that I immediately shared and something that, you know, anyone that follows me on Instagram or Facebook sees that I'm constantly sharing some of these slides. The one about um, the map of the US and yeah. all of the equity, right? Yeah. All of the home price appreciation, like that map was so powerful. I'm going to challenge you and your, your team at KCM. I'd like to see the same map based upon this data. Yeah. based upon the number of foreclosures or even the forbearance numbers. I yeah. think it'd be really interesting to show that as a contrast by state. What do you guys think? Yeah, it, and that's, again, that's a question they're asking. We're trying to get state data for uh, forbearance and foreclosure. Oh, well, we can get it for foreclosures. I thought you said forbearance. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing that, that I think is going to start coming out, but I'll definitely relay that to the team. All those you know, graphics are on the KCM Instagram. You can go grab those and look at those yep. uh, as well, the map that, that you just mentioned. But yeah, I think it's, I think more and more, uh, you know, as we go throughout this year and into next, what we're going to find is that, you know, being the knowledge broker in one part of the country is going to mean one thing and it's going to mean a different thing in another part of the country relative to some of these right. issues that we're going to face. Right. Um, right. based on the economy, based on a service-based economy and all the, you know, the implications that go along with that in the pandemic. And he, here's the reality. It goes back to what you said, Tom, that headlines are doing more today to terrify than to clarify. Yes. And, yes. and, and right now where we stand relative to the data, relative to the, all the, the information, I would expect the next few months to be a, be a roller coaster. The point that you made on the front end, business dried up a year ago. Okay, you're going to see you're going to see some spikes in data. And let's just play this out. Debt's rising. Transactions are rising. They just doubled, they tripled. That's, consumers have questions about that. And then immediately after that, we're going to see that drop because we crammed so much business into a couple of months last year. So we need to be able to, to walk people through 
the yeah. roller coaster that, that they're going to see in headlines and, and things out there uh, in the coming months. So I'm seeing a lot of people saying, where do I find that map? Uh, you can find it by just following KCM on Instagram. That's where I see it and, and immediately shared it. Uh, Allison Con or Connor can, sorry, Allison, if I'm saying that wrong. David, we know that only 325,000 properties are in active forbearance and likely won't have a big impact. But what about the 200,000 per quarter that haven't been foreclosed on in the past year? Might sure. all of those foreclosures at the same time right? Create an issue. And then I, I don't, I can't click on the see more Allison to see what else you're asking, but David, yeah, you got so the gist of the question. I think so. Well, she's, talk she's about saying what? if, if, if we know we've got 325,000 properties that are in that, you know, danger zone of our forbearance. Okay, numbers yeah, that we shared yeah, two weeks I, ago. I follow you. Yeah, yeah. And if we've been averaging 200,000 foreclosures a quarter, if that's normal, mm -hmm. aren't we suddenly going to see a wave of foreclosures potentially? That's her question. Well, you know, this has been an extensive topic we've been talking about, Tom, for the last six months. The quick answer is we do not see a wave of foreclosures that overwhelms the system. If we yeah. play that out and we said 320,000 homes came on the market tomorrow, the market across the U.S. would, would, would consume those properties right. quicker right. almost than they could come on the market. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. What experts are saying right now is, is a couple of things. We got to think about this logically. And I think that number is going to grow beyond 320,000. Let's just, that's where we're at now, but yeah. likely to grow. That's going to be a rolling number over the next two years. Everybody does not in, uh, exit forbearance at the same time because they didn't start at the same time. Yep. What's going to happen? People are going to come off and some are going to be in trouble and they're going to say, we need to sell right now or we're going to go into a distress sale. That's you yeah. know, a short sale, uh, whatever the case may be. The second you know, tranche of data is people that are going to come back and go, hey, we're going to do a modification, a rework with our mortgage company. We think we're good. And they're going to probably end up going, you know what, we can't afford the home. We're going to need to do something. Yeah. You know, and we're going to have to do that. And then experts are even saying within, you know, a year and a half to two years, we'll see more come through. So I think this is going to be a steady flow, again, going back to the need for us to be talking about it. But everywhere we see experts talking about it, we, we do not see a spike in distressed properties like we saw in, uh, in the housing crash. And there are a lot of fundamentals for that in the real estate market. But the biggest one of that is the undersupply we sit with right now. 100%. Okay, so I saw another question uh, from Joanna Evans. Can these slides be shared? Joanna, just go to trykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry. Trykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry. All the slides are there. So David, let's talk about interest rates because one of the things that's terrifying people is, oh my goodness, rates are at 281 yeah. And look, I'm looking across the park here, the place that I bought, I have a 2.2 interest rate. So 2.2 is bonkers. Yeah, 2.81 right. is also bonkers, right. but rates going up scares people. Sure. Yeah. It's a matter of perspective right now, right? If you said uh, even, you know, a couple of years ago, hey, you can get an interest rate at three and a quarter or, you know, three and a half people are like, that's ah, wonderful, right? right. Uh, historically speaking, it's great. I think that the, the, interest rate scenario that we're in is uh, forecasted for this year to be very favorable, but we're in some choppy waters right now. There are a lot of questions about inflation, the right. Fed, all those things. So let's talk yep. just a minute about that. 
give you that information to, to, to be able to, again, be the knowledge broker and, uh, and talk about this with, uh, with clients. So here from MBA, expectations of a faster economic growth and inflation continue to push treasury yields and mortgage rates higher. What's he saying there? The economy is improving, interest rates are rising. It's a good thing, right? We all want that to happen. We don't want interest rates necessarily rise. We want the economy to improve. And if that's a byproduct, we'll take it, right? Um, he goes on to say, since hitting a survey low in December, the 30-year fixed has slowly risen and last week climbed to its high, highest level since November 2020. So, you know, whether we saw the bottom of rates, I'm not here to say that now. It looks like we, we, we may have, but the forecast going forward is that rates are going to continue to rise. Now, Fed uh, chair was testifying before Congress yesterday, and I'm not supposing that everybody wants to become a, an expert here in the mortgage business and not suggesting that. But the one thing we can remind our, our clients is the Fed does not determine long-term interest rates. If, if, if you want to give them a, you know, kind of a visual of that, mm -hmm. for the past 30 years, the 30-year fixed mortgage rates moved in unison with the 10-year treasury rate. Okay. Yep. We saw that start to go a little bit different last year, a little bit haywire because the Fed came in. They were, you know, so much liquidity in the market, buying about mortgage-backed securities. But we can look at the 10-year Treasury rate uh, and say, okay, what's going to happen with mortgage rates? And here's a look at the 10-year Treasury going back to October. Yeah, it's going up. Okay, and you're going to hear that 10-year Treasury is going up. What's that going to mean? Okay. And so I think we can go, okay, you know what? We're seeing some fundamentals in the market here that suggest the outlook experts are saying interest rates are going to, to start to rise. Now, let's talk about the, the, the good news of this. This just came out um, end of last week from Freddie Mac. It talks about mortgage rates moving up. So he says, reaching its highest point since mid-November, the 30-year fixed rate averaged 2.81% this week. Economic spending has improved due to the most recent stimulus, but supply chain shortages are causing downstream inflation, leading to higher mortgage rates. Here's the important part. While there are multiple temporary factors driving up rates, the underlying economic fundamentals point to rates remaining in the low 3% range for the year. That's good news, right? If we say, hey, you can finance a home, 30-year fixed, in the low threes, is it going to cost more than where we've been? Yes, but still a very, very favorable rate. And here's, Tom, here, here's the way, you know, you and I have talked about this and communicating that is, is literally the perspective of where rates are at as compared to, you know, the last five decades going all the way back to, to the 70s. We're in a very, very good interest rate environment. And I think everybody listening today realizes that. But as this news comes out, as there's yep. talk about interest yep. rates are rising, yep. we want to be able to answer that and give perspective, give clients the truth, trust their intelligence, and show them it really is a, a great, great time uh, you know, to buy, ultimately, even better time to sell you know, in the market right now. So it's interesting, David. Uh, the conversation that I'm in right now, and I know every good agent watching this is on the same page, is you can only say to people, no, oh, now is a great time to buy, you know, sure. yeah, interest rates and yada, right? You, I mean, like at a certain point, can we just be honest? Like after a while, that just sounds stupid, right? Instead, I'm telling you, my friend watching right now, the agents that are winning at scale are going old school, hand-to-hand -hand combat, texting, 
one-on-one emailing and making their phone calls to every single person in their database armed with the understanding of, hey, did you know home price appreciation in our area over the last two years has gone from X to X plus whatever it is? And did you also know with interest rates now at 2.81%, right? And X number of millennials coming into the market that want to buy, sellers that decide to do anything in 2021 are putting themselves in the best possible position. Like being, being the the agent that is willing to scale truth and really connect with people, at least with the people inside your database. Like the argument I've been making, David, for the last almost now two months, as I say, grab your, grab your phone, go to your contacts, click on the very bottom of the Z, right? As Z as in their last name or the pound sign below it. Right. And when you get there and it says 2,487 people, I got 50 bucks says you're not willing to call all of them and have an intelligent conversation. We're all looking for the way to not work and solve the problem. We yeah. are in a situation right now in the housing marketplace that those of us that are willing to make the calls, to do the effort, right? To, to spend two hours a day on the phone, three hours a day on the phone. And it doesn't matter. Text, one-on-one email, phone calls, private DMs on Facebook, Instagram. It doesn't make a difference. It's up to us though, my friends. We've got to do the work. So- yeah. I'm just stressing to you with, you know, so much gratitude and appreciation for David, for KCM. They're bringing us all this information, but it doesn't do anything unless you execute on it. Yeah. So make the phone calls, shoot more videos, use this stuff in your email marketing and your email communication, get it into your social, your, your social posts, but understand like it's up to you. You got to make the phone calls. David, I'm, 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 I'm giving a little rant here. It's the coach. It's the coach in me. I can't help it. No, I, I, it's absolutely, you're, you're right. Here's what I would say today. Go to the KCM blog. We wrote a blog post today on the number one thing sellers have more of today than they've almost ever had, and that's leverage. Right, right. Go read that. Go shoot a video on it. Go send yep. it to somebody. Go, t- go talk to somebody about that. Yes. What does that mean to you? We, we talk about the three things that every seller wants in the market right now, but that starts with you have leverage. Yeah. Now's the time to, to, right. to, to name the deal. Now's the time to, to be in the driver's seat. And, and I think using this information, being able to answer the questions before they're asked is what, what's required today. Yeah. 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 I love the question of, you know, how has the pandemic and COVID over the last 12 months made you look and feel differently about your home? Like that question. I love the question. At what price would you be a seller? I know you don't want to sell, but at what price would you be a seller? And and David, I'm blown away by those that are, that are, that are taking advantage of that, whether it's in text or email or social, or even in like, you know, yes, no polls on Instagram stories. Those that are in are executing are winning and winning big. So, so as we wrap this up, uh, I want to, again, say thank you to the team at KCM. Make sure you go to trykcm.com forward slash Tom Ferry. Download all the slides and execute, my friends. It is the greatest degree of separation between you and any competition in the marketplace. So happy, I think it's Wednesday, right? I'm the it worst is, yeah. Happy Wednesday, my friends. Get on the phone and let's go help some people. David, I'll see you in two weeks. Get to work, buddy. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.